once I hit 5K months, I realized my job was costing me money. Like, because I was spending so much time at my nine to five, it was taking away from me being able to actually commit to like gaining new virtual assistant clients. You're listening to the Winning to Wealth podcast, where you'll hear real stories from real people who are on the path to building real wealth. These stories will show you how to earn more money, pay off debt, start investing, and make better money choices so you can build wealth for your future. Now, here's your host, Michael Lacey. What's up? What's up? Welcome to the Winning to Wealth podcast, formerly known as the Wealthy Neighbor Show. Now, listen, I'm going to address the changes to the show on Monday's Money Talk. But right now, I want to talk about this episode, which just so happens to kick off our side hustle series. That's right. Every Wednesday in the month of April, I'm interviewing somebody that's going to share some really cool ways that you can start making some more money this year. Now, this series was planned months ago, but I feel like it's super timely with a lot of you guys sitting at home right now with either reduced or even eliminated income. So let's jump right in with our guest today, Fran Moore. Fran is the host of the Becoming the Lender podcast, where I've actually been a guest, and she's also recently turned into a full-time virtual assistant after deciding to walk away from her nine to five after she was making $5,000 a month consistently with, again, what started out as a side hustle. So Fran and I talked about how she got started as a VA, how she ramped up to $5,000 months consistently, and what her plans are now that this is her full-time focus. She's also going to share a few resources that helped her get to this point. So if you suddenly get interested in something, head on over to winningtowealth.com slash episode 24, where I'll have everything linked. But let's jump right in with Fran. So Fran, thank you so much for joining me today. The The first question that I have to ask you is, I mean, what exactly is a VA and what are some of your responsibilities for your clients? So number one, when I tell people I'm a VA, they're like, oh, so you work for veterans. That's incorrect. Uh, VA stands for virtual assistant. Basically, it can be anything from doing bookkeeping all the way to what I do, which is like podcast editing and building courses for people. It's just being in the space of being a done for you service provider. I mean, how did you even come across this side hustle? And what was it about this in particular that kind of pulled you in and made this something that you wanted to pursue? So to begin with, I have always had this like crazy wild dream of like just owning a business. But I have no like, and this sounds terrible, but I have no like talent specific to me other than I work very well (laughs) and I'm a hard worker. So I was just like, what can you do with this mixture of talent? And I used to be a gymnastics coach. So it was just like, what do I do with all of these credentials? I'm really good at learning. I'm really good at working in tech because my old job was uh, healthcare IT. So I was like, what actually encompasses all of this stuff? And I literally did a Google search (laughs) and it was just like, well, you could be a VA, you could be, and it was just a list of random stuff that I could do online. Um, And I was like, well, that works because I used to own a YouTube channel and I had my own podcast already at the time. And I was like, well, I just have all of these random acquired skills from being online all the time. Why not like box it up and make it an offer? So that's how I came across mine, literally a Google search. 
Yeah, wow. Okay. That's interesting. I'm sitting here kind of like, you know, you may see like a blank look on my face, but I'm just stunned that it was like, it was literally a Google search that kind of pushed you into a new direction in into a new career. And so, I mean, so when you were thinking about getting started with this, I mean, what were some of the, the skills and, and backgrounds and, and those sorts of things that you thought would make you successful as a VA? So in my Google search, I just was like, okay, well, people have to teach others how to do this, right? So I talked to one of my good girlfriends and I was just like, I wish someone could teach me how to be a virtual assistant. And my friend is a nanny. And it was so like, this is like the stars aligned, but it was so weird. She was like, oh, one of the um, girls I nanny for, she actually teaches people how to become virtual assistants. And that's her whole job. So she connected me with my business coach, Sarah. And so basically before even diving in and trying to find clients, I started with a coach because I feel like if someone's already done it, why create the wheel again? Like there's no point. So I hired Sarah like right away and we started working together to figure out like what I could do. And there's been like a lot of like bumps along the way, but it was better to do it with someone than to just jump out on my own and say, I'm a virtual assistant. (laughs) Right. And so, I mean, so you hire the coach. Is there any type of like um, special education or certificate or anything like that that you maybe need or or maybe you don't need it, but it kind of sets you apart from other people? Not really. Um, Because the online space is this uh, vast majority of knowledge, the most I've ever seen anyone like actually have a certificate in like a lot of bookkeepers have degrees in finances or accounting, or I have seen a ton of bookkeepers who are CPAs now. And then there are like certification programs. Like if you want to be an online business manager versus just a virtual assistant, there are a ton of certifications on like places like skills. um, And then just also like teach teachable on teachable. You can Mm -hmm. take courses about like actually learning how to be an OBM. But because this is such a brand new space, there's not a lot of monitoring of it, which sounds crazy because we all come from the corporate mindset of like, I'm trained in X, Y, and Z. It's more so like a space where people are able to be creative and offer whatever they personally can do as a person and just give back their gifts to other people. Okay. So it's, it's essentially centered around your just kind of natural talents and abilities. So, but is there a point where it's like, okay, you have to at least have this kind of competency when it comes to like the technological stuff? Ooh, yeah. Pretty much. If you don't understand how to like read a manual and learn a software, don't, don't try to be a VA. A lot of what I do every day is literally learn things on the spot. So like I don't know, three months ago, somebody told me they were like, oh, I use HoneyBook instead of Dubsado, which they're all CRMs. But for me to understand actually the difference between a HoneyBook and a Dubsado and this, you don't have to think about it in like a grand, like, what are those things way? It was just understanding how they relate to one another. Like, what is a CRM, like a client relationship management software? Like, and what's the difference between one versus the other? So things like that, or even understanding Like if you want to be a social media manager, you have to understand what the difference is between the Instagram algorithm versus the Facebook algorithm versus should my client be on LinkedIn? And if you can't think about that strategy, it's pretty tough to like jump into this space. 
Um, because not a lot of people are just looking for your standard executive assistant who's just like handling a whole bunch of emails and calendars. They're actually looking for someone who knows how to implement programs and who actually knows how to execute on their own without a lot of direction, if that helps. Yeah, that makes total sense. So, I mean, for you personally, what kind of learning curve did you experience? Like, what were some of those early challenges and hurdles that you kind of had to learn and grow through? Um, I learned that even though I am pretty much, I'm that girl who just will pick something up and be like, oh, I'll learn this. I learned to stop offering my like unicornness because it was just too much. Like at one point for one client, I was managing her calendar, another client I'm doing podcast editing, then another one I was managing her team. And it was just too many different things that I was doing. And my brain was constantly trying to go from X to Z in like two minutes and it just wasn't working. So I learned to just stick to three things. So like right now I only offer podcast editing, social media management, and course um, creation. So that helped me from being a Jill of all trades to actually picking and owning like a zone of genius. Um, And that is probably like the biggest thing I've learned in the last six months is just to not be everything for everyone. Let's talk about uh, building the business. I mean, how did you go about finding your first client? So I live in Facebook groups. So if people follow me on Instagram, they'll realize like I mostly only talk about like my financial journey on Instagram. Sometimes I throw in VA stuff, but my clients don't live on Instagram. They live within Facebook groups where they're providing um, content and updates to like their clients Um, And where they're actually looking for clients themselves. So a lot of times I'll post in Facebook groups and just be like, hey, this is my new offer for this month. I would love to work with any of you guys in this group. That's literally how I got my first three clients is just by like promoting myself within Facebook groups and really being dedicated to participating, like not just throwing in the fact that I'm a VA, like I'll go in a Facebook group and offer like information. If somebody's just like, Hey, my contract is not working in Dubsado. I'll be like, Oh, that's weird. Check this article out because I think this might be your issue. So I would just provide my knowledge for free in return. I would gain clients from that. Gotcha. Okay. Cause I was about to ask, cause I know a lot of Facebook groups. I, I'm in a lot of them. I manage a couple of them myself. They kind of have this like no self promo kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so are, are the groups you're in, do they kind of have that same thing? And if so, how do you work around that? So in our groups, there are like a lot of like no self promo or it'll be like, you can promote yourself on Fridays or Saturdays. I literally have a list of every group I'm in on Facebook when I can promote myself, when I can just interact with other people, like literally by the days. And I also like mark it off to make sure like I'm going in and being an active participant in the group at least one to two times a week. So um, how I get around that is a lot of the groups I'm in, I already hear people raising their hand saying, do you know a good VA? Or like, hey, I want to start a podcast. Does anybody know um, a podcast editor? So I joined the groups on purpose, knowing that people are always searching for someone that does what I do. But I also just offer free advice all the time. 
Okay. So I know in just casual conversations with other VAs, there's kind of this split where you have some people who um, focus on like, you know, one-time task. And then you have another group of people who focus on like establishing long-term working relationships. So kind of where do you fall on that? Are you, are you more in the long-term prospect kind of person or are you more of a one-time project person? And, And why did you make that decision? So funny story. I just decided I am not good at being committed to anyone but my husband. So (laughs) I have realized that my relationships with people online should be very simple and way less complex because I'm an introvert. So a lot of times, like even after talking to you, I'm going to have to go take a break. Like, so I've noticed that I can't constantly be connected to people in that way and it drains me. But before it is easier, I will say, to maintain clients on a long term, like retainer base. It feels more like the security of your nine to five, because for the last six months, I've always known how much I was going to make because I've had the same clients on a retainer every single month. Um, But now I'm going to more so of like the one time, like you hire me to edit your podcast or launch your podcast. You hire me to create your course and that's it. You hire me to edit your copy and that's it instead of the retainer base. And I only did this just because I know me as a person and where my energy goes and how much of it I can spend on like one person at a time. So again, it's a lot of self-reflection to actually decide whether you should do um, like retainers where you're basically in a relationship with your client versus like doing project-based work where you know it ends at a certain date, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. So I know recently for you, you hit a milestone and that kind of led you to to really jump in and pursue this full time. I mean, what were some things that were that you were noticing about yourself, your business, the way things were going that helped you decide to make that leap into full time? So recently I started making consistent 5K months, which Uh, I think a lot of people think $5,000 is a lot of money. It is a lot of money to make an aside hustle while you're working your job, but it's just in revenue and not in like what I actually would make as like owner compensation. So once I hit 5k months, I realized my job was costing me money. Like, because I was spending so much time at my nine to five, it was taking away from me being able to actually commit to like gaining new virtual assistant clients and even restructuring my business to make it make sense for my personal life. So I made the leap knowing that I am more of like a God-led person, knowing that if I trusted God, that abundance follows me no matter where I go. It wasn't about like getting a paycheck at my nine to five. It was about knowing where my source of income is truly from and that it has nothing to do with anyone other than God. So that's how I made the decision, which a lot of people would be afraid to do it. And I just like kind of monitored the numbers for four months. And I was like, okay, this is, it's been 5k. And then one month it was randomly 6k. And then it went back to five. But I was like, it seems like I never go under $5,000. So I should be fine to leave. So you mentioned that you know, as an entrepreneur, business owner, that you bring in 5k, but not all of that comes directly to you and your household. So can you talk a little bit about kind of how you divvy that up with expenses and taxes and and all those sorts of things? So I read this book called Profit First, which I think everyone should read if you're going to be an entrepreneur, Um, especially in the personal finance world, because it makes more sense to us. 
he has this whole method of like cash is king. Um, so I don't have a business credit card. I don't, I didn't take out any loans for my business. It's all only funded by me and the cash that the business makes. And so I split everything up into five categories, kind of like you would do any good old budget. So owner's compensation, I always do 50%. And then um, taxes, I do like between 15 and 20%. And then everything else goes into like operations and profit and things of that nature. And so how long did it take you to build up to that level of revenue? Uh, It took me three months to get to consistent 5K. Wow. Okay. Wow. I was not expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so, I mean, with it taking only three months, I mean, what was the, I know you mentioned that you felt like your, your job was kind of getting in the way. I mean, what was the time commitment like while you were working your job? And then what's been the time commitment kind of since you you've walked away from that full-time income? The time commitment while I was working my job was insane. Um, I would spend the first half of my day from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. working on my business. And then I would have to switch mood modes completely and do from 9 to about 4 um, on my actual 9 to 5. And then from 4 to 7 every night I was working. So I noticed that I just sucked at working from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. And I was like, I am not committed in the evenings. And this is why I'm not getting a lot done and why I can't accept new clients in. It's because I'm just not a great night person. So (laughs) I realized like the middle of the day is when I work the best, like between like 10 a.m. to like 3 p.m. is when my brain is like the most stimulated. It's when I can actually do math. It's when I can, (laughs) can actually like think through things. So I was like, this is the problem. Like my job is taking the bulk of my energy and the best part of me. Um, So if I can get rid of this, I can actually commit to like making this more consistent and taking on more clients and actually changing from like being a solopreneur to like an actual corporation eventually. And so, I mean, is that a goal of yours to kind of have more people like a, a full staff and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I have like this whole structure of like what I want my life to be. And it's like written down on a picture. And like every day I kind of look at like how close I'm getting to that goal. So like my eventual goal is like Fran is this like boss CEO, right? And then I have like amazing people who work under me. And right now I have people on my team. So I see every day, like I'm getting closer and closer to that dream. And I always kind of like tailor things to figure out like what makes more sense to get me to my ultimate goal instead of thinking about like how much money I want to make right now. So let's talk about how you price yourself. I mean, because I know for a lot of new entrepreneurs, that's something that they struggle with is coming up with pricing that's not just fair to the client, but that's fair for them as well and and the work that they're able to put in. So how did you go about structuring your, your pricing when it came time for that? I am an expert stalker, as most women are. Um, I'm amazing at investigating other people's Instagrams. <laughs> I'm amazing at figuring out like who else is in the market. So you just have to pay attention to what your actual nine to five does. So I used to be an account manager at my nine to five, and we always had to do market research. And I paid attention to the kind of stuff we were doing and what we were looking at and how we were coming up with fair pricing for our clients. 
where we're charging people $16 million a month. I was like, how did they figure out they could charge someone $16 million a month? And I was like, oh, I remember like doing like these cost analysis based on other people who were in the market with us and how we would always position ourselves right in the center. Like we wouldn't cost the most, but we wouldn't cost the least. We were just an average amount. Um, And so that's what I did. I looked at other people who call themselves um, virtual assistants online on Instagram literally typed in virtual assistant and you can see all of these people who have it as their title. Um, And then I also typed in like online business managers, social media managers, podcast editors. And I just was like, okay, I made a whole list of the prices, literally took the average out of those prices and said, that's where I want to be. Wow. Okay. So now that you've got your price point right and you've walked away from your traditional nine to five, you freed up more time to, and you freed up that, that pivotal period in your day. I mean, what's been the impact on your business? Like how has revenue grown? How has um, your clients responded and, and all those sorts of things since that transition? So I left, it's been a month now, a full month. Um, and what I noticed last month is that I stopped focusing so much on the number. I think when I was working my nine to five because I wanted to quit, I was so focused on like making consistent 5K months that I forgot that I actually need to think about me as a human and what I want to do every day of my life and how I want to feel. And I had to kind of like take that month to re-engineer like what I was doing. So I'm not the person who just quit her nine to five with zero dollars and like have the cool story of like, there was only $95 in my bank account. No, guys, uh, <laughs> I had a full emergency fund. If you follow Dave Ramsey's plan, I got the three months and I was just like, okay, we got that going. And I knew, I know my corporate bonus is coming this month. So I was like, okay, I'm set to not actually have to pay myself for two months. So I'm take, I took last month to figure out what I really want to offer. And I stopped focusing on bringing in new clients until I actually knew and was solid on like what I wanted to do for March. So in all honesty, I don't think about like how much my life has changed yet since leaving my nine to five. It is scary some days because I do miss that direct deposit. I'm not going to lie to (laughs) y'all. I miss knowing that every single other Friday they have my back, (laughs) but But now I've had, I have like this new way to make sure I can create like the money I want. Like one day I wrote on my mirror, like you could be a millionaire as long as you keep staying focused and determined. Mm. So, so that's how I think about it. I don't, I don't think about the right now money anymore. I think about the longevity of my company. Okay. So, you know, I know for me, um, one of the things that that kind of makes me hesitate in in making that leap right now is the fact that you know my wife she has an autoimmune disease and healthcare it's a it's a big topic for us um and so that's just one of the the challenges that i foresee happening with us is just trying to navigate how we would do healthcare and all that but for you personally what have been some of the challenges that that you face you know i mean you said you have people under you now and all those sorts of things so what are some of the, the the things that you've had to overcome throughout this journey? I'm trying to be a manager. I never appreciated my manager as much as I do now when I was at my nine to five, because now I'm just like, oh, this is why she was this way. <laughs> like there are some things that I, I learned that I didn't want to make other people feel, but there are so many things that now I'm thinking back like, 
dang, I'm just about to start monitoring people with KPIs as well, because it is a good indicator of deciding like who should be wearing your company and things of that nature. So I have learned so much about that. Um, the scariest thing was healthcare, but my husband still works um, literally the same place I quit. So that's weird. But he works at the same place I just left. So like two days after I quit, we just um, filed for me to be under his healthcare since it was a technical loss of job um, situation. So I do have healthcare from him. And the only other thing we ever stress about is we know we want to move. And we know we want to have kids in the near slash distant future. <laughs> so we often have to think about a true game plan for stability with my company when it comes to wanting to have kids and purchasing another home. Gotcha. That makes total sense. So, you know, we talked about some of the challenges. What have been some of the benefits? I mean, you know, obviously you, you're getting to work for yourself and you kind of get to structure your day how you want to, but are there any other tangible benefits since going full time with this? Yeah. So my sister recently had a baby. Um, he's three months old now. And she actually had to go back to work when he was two and a half months um, because she didn't have enough time off. So I just hung out with him for a week. <laughs> so it was easy for me to step in and help my sister out. It's easy for me. Like if my mom calls me and she's just like, hey, do you want to do lunch? It's easy for me to say yes. Instead of saying like, can we do lunch next Thursday? Because this Thursday is crazy. No, I can just usually say, yeah, sure. Let's meet here at this time. And it has been much better for like me and my husband's relationship because before when I would work my nine to five and do side hustling, some days I was just grouchy and it was just because I talked to too many people and I was done. But now like we are able to like actually have time alone and actually like focus on each other again because my brain isn't in three different places. Right, right. So one of my final questions for you, Fran, is this. I mean, I'm sure somebody's listening to this going, man, okay, like she ramped up in just a handful of months and she got up to this great revenue target and was able to walk away from a job. This sounds like something that I would like to do. So what are some great initial steps for somebody that's hearing this for the first time and kind of considering it as a possibility for themselves? Um, The first thing I did was I made a list of everything I was good at. Um, sometimes you don't realize the things you're good at that other people really can't do are valuable. Like I didn't realize other people weren't really good at creating plans, like literally like step-by-step -step strategic plans. But I was taught and trained to do that at work. So I translated it online. I was just like, oh, that's easy. I already know like how to make phases of launching something. I already under understand how to like read through contracts and review what should be in them. Um, so I took that skill as well. So write the skills that you actually possess from your job and write, like you might be surprised. You can offer it online. Like project management is something people hire for online and people don't know that and they don't know that. And there are plenty of people who are project managers. Um, and then even if you do simple things like answering phones, there are so many people in the online community who hate picking up their phones, but they want to offer that service. Think about it. If you're like, I work in a call center, what else can I do? You can answer phones for people. You can answer emails. Just write every single thing that you're good at down. Okay. And so then, I mean, what's a good, so like once you have those skills, right, and you become self-aware, what's a good next step? 
The next step is a little like that's between you and your pockets. The next step I think that everyone should make is hiring a business coach. I don't think I would ever be this amazing at what I do without my business coach, Sarah. And I'll send you a link to Sarah if anybody really wants to be a VA. Um, I don't think I could ever do what I do efficiently if somebody else didn't tell me like what roadblocks they had. Um, But also, if you really just want to start on your own, I would try my best to get into a Facebook group and see if there's anybody's willing to take a a risk on you. Like, and just say like, hey, I would love to be like an intern and just try it out just so you get like a little bit of knowledge under your belt. So I will be sure to link to Sarah in the show notes. So be sure to send that over to me. And like I said, I'll I'll put a link in the show notes for anybody that's curious about that, that just wants to learn more and wants to see if this is a great fit for them. But Fran, you have been absolutely incredible. And thank you so much for sharing and being so open. Uh, The last thing I just want to do is just give you an opportunity to share where people can find you and what you have to offer if somebody out there maybe is looking for a VA. So shameless plug time. So excited about this. But um, I currently offer podcast editing and course creation and social media management. You can find me on my little space on the internet at Fran S. Moore on Instagram. And then also Fran-Moore.com is where you can find my service offerings and my cute little website if you ever want to work with someone. Awesome, friend. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey from side hustler to full-time business owner. I'm definitely going to be sure to link to your social media pages, your website, and everything else you mentioned in the show notes, which all of you listening to this can find at winningtowealth.com slash episode 24. That is winningtowealth.com slash episode 24. Also, if you're looking for some encouragement during this time, or you just want to talk to some people that have goals and are moving in the same direction as you and surround yourself with more positivity, you can join my online community, which you can find at winningtowealth.com slash teammates. That is winningtowealth.com slash teammates. Now, for all of you that are still tuned in, I want to do a quick giveaway to kind of celebrate the new direction of the show. So, Here's what I want you to do to enter to win. I want you to take a screenshot of this episode as you're listening right now, share it and tag winning to wealth on either Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Make sure you tag me because that's the only way I'll see it. Once you do this, you'll be entered to win $25 sent via cash app, Venmo, or an emailed Amazon gift card. And I just want to say neither of these companies are sponsoring this giveaway. This is coming straight out of my pocket. Now, this contest is going to end on Saturday night, and I'll be announcing the winner on Monday's episode. So be sure to tag Winning to Wealth on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to be entered. Again, you have to enter by Saturday, April 4th at 11.59 p.m. But thanks again for listening to another episode of the Winning to Wealth podcast. We'll talk soon. You've wrapped up another episode of the Winning to Wealth podcast. To learn more about how you can start making winning money decisions, head over to winningtowealth.com.